Alright, so I got uh, uh, Kirk Dyke here for uh, a podcast. We're going to talk about uh, officiating. Now, I've had a bunch of experience, obviously, you know, from the other side, dealing with officials. I'm a coach for wrestling. And uh, then seeing the parents deal with uh, the wrestling uh, referees, you know, in those situations. We were talking before the podcast uh how like a baseball game has a different size crew depending on what you're doing is if it was college you get a three-man crew sometimes or if it's uh pros obviously what is that there's like a four-man or well major league baseball does a four-man crew okay yeah, um right. until they get to the playoffs and then they do a six-man crew Good because guy. the playoffs they have all three bases home plate left field line right field line um that's major league baseball um college Regular season, I believe they do a three-man crew until the playoffs when they do a four-man crew because uh, a three-man crew is home plate first and third. Um, high school, junior high is always in like the smaller colleges and stuff like that. They're going to do a two-man crew right. where they just have home plate umpire and then one that takes most of the time on the bases because okay. usually they will say it's uh, – Played umpire or bases umpire. And where there's usually three positions that the bases, a base umpire stands. A position, which is right behind first base in foul territory. B is to the left of the pitching mound, but you're behind the pitching mound. You're halfway between second base okay, sure. and the pitcher mound. That's and then so to the left, uh, just to the when the pitcher's standing behind him to the left, that's B position. Okay, and then C position is on the other side. That's on the right side of it in be, in between. It second. doesn't change with the left hand or right hand no, pitcher. Huh? Doesn't doesn't change at all. Okay, the only time you see a, an umpire behind third base is if they're on a three man crew. That's called D position. Um, but again, only well, you'll only see ma- see that in three man crews. Um, but the base umpire, if you're in a two man, which you know, I do 90, 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. If you're the base umpire, you're going to do a lot of moving back and forth. You're going to move. Now, is there, is so you got a two man crew most of the time. Mm-hmm. Is there a, like, in Major League Baseball, there's a crew chief, right? There's a guy that's like inevitably in charge, and I think it's usually the guy behind home plate. Well, yeah. I mean, in a two man crew, the guy behind home plate is in charge. That's, okay. that's his domain, right. uh, his or her domain, because they're, they're, couple of leagues where there are women doing baseball umpiring. I actually worked in Morton. They have a regular umpire that's a woman that's a mother of a couple players in Morton. Sure. And so and she's really good. I mean she does she does a really good job and and they're actually trying to IHSA is trying to recruit um women for baseball. They're not just trying to put them into softball. They're trying to say, hey if you want to do baseball also yeah, that's not that's 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 sure. that's not a problem. Right. So it's so that's that's the fu- that, you know that's that's what it is is that you know two man crew and even in three man crew home plate umpire is the one in charge. Yeah, right. That's right. right. Okay, so you've been you've been officiating you officiate volleyball also. We'll get into that. But how long have you been doing the officiating? Um, IHSA have been doing this. This will be my fifth year. Um, I've done. Baseball and volleyball in other other areas. I, I've actually done other sports as well. Um, I've done basketball. I've done soccer. Um, I, with basketball and soccer, I will say this: if they're older than eleven years old, I won't. I won't referee. 
Oh wow! I will not. The the parents and the coaches are horrible. Oh yeah, right, right, right. I right. Mean, basketball basketball is the worst. Okay, I and I and I hate to disparage basketball. I played basketball. I all that stuff. I ran rec leagues. I ran a rec league in Peoria for a couple of years. But if you get to that higher level, you know, I was the the last year I ran a rec league. One of the teams requested to be together because they were basically an AAU team. Okay. That wanted to stay together and practice. Instead of doing practices, they were using this league as their practice for AAU. Oh, okay. You know, and it was that whole. Was only later on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um. So okay. So you're talking about the basketball being the worst, and then older worse than yeah. younger. Yeah, older worse, and, and soccer is kind of the same way because. Now tell you, wrestling's the opposite. Hmm. The parents yeah. are. The parents are batshit fucking crazy. <laughs> and when, when the kids are like four, five, six, seven yeah. years old, they're nuts. They're, and if the kid shows any, oh God, I hate to even use the word talent. When you when you have a, you know, I don't care what parents I offend. I don't, I don't give two fucks. But when you have a seven-year-old who's winning matches, it doesn't matter. There's all, my, my sons are 18 years old. They've been wrestling since they were six. There are all kinds of seven-year-olds that won, like, the Bantam State Champion, which is a nonsense thing. It's not a state championship. It's not a – there's no qualifier for it. It's a tournament you all go to, and if the kid performs well that day, he wins, and then, you know. But parents, there's something that clicks in them. As soon as the the kid starts winning there, they turn into these, like, complete assholes. Uh, But once they get, like – so we separate in the youth stuff – into rooms so we we separate where we're uh like most of the time it's like a novice and senior are in one room and then the everyone the 10 and under is kind of in the other room the 10 and under room you need earplugs yeah. it's ludicrous in there well because my girlfriend's youngest daughter used to wrestle okay she wrestled and so we now we, that's awesome I, yeah. I think it's terrific when the girls yeah when the girls wrestle yeah. I do. and 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 so we you know we went to tournaments in we, there were a whole bunch of tournaments that we went to in Washington and in Morton and in Pekin and right and in places like that. Yeah. You, you know, you know how good Washington is when it, yeah, yeah, when yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. when it comes to wrestling. And, and well, they're two A, so yeah, they're not as good as we are. Yeah, they're they're two A, but they're still they still think they're no, they're they're, they're the they're the team um, in two A. I think they ju- I don't know if they came in second. I know they Lamont. came in second. They came in second. They it's did uh, Lamont. They yeah, Lamont got them. Right, right. Yeah, right, right. when the Lamont was stacked this year for oh, sure. Yeah, they they were, but that was. So I went to tournaments for her in these various places. Mm. And, oh, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, we would go down to Springfield for the, you know, the big tournaments. And those were a lot more calm. Yeah, I haven't been around the girls wrestling that much. I wonder what that's like because the the girls wrestling is, is, I won't say it's new, but it's newly taking off. I want to say there was, I saw numbers that said something like, 12 years ago, there was 900 girls in the entire state wrestling, mm-hmm. and now there's like 18,000 girls yeah. in the state wrestling. Yeah, I mean, that that's a really that's a really big thing. Well, a funny story, don't know if you know this. The woman that uh, is the title actress in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, yeah. Rachel Brosnahan, yeah. she's from Highland Park. Okay. And she wrestled. Oh, my God. <laughs> she wrestled. Yeah, I, I like the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel movie, the show. <laughs> now I like it even more. 
There's no. things that I like that are just wrestling based. I like Kelly Ripa just because yes. her kid wrestles. Yeah, because like her, her kid because her kid wrestles. Yeah, right. But that's I mean, that's the interesting part about it is that it's kind of a flip because I do vo- when I do volleyball, junior high and high school is never really a problem. I mean, volleyball, the, the most problems I have are with the coaches themselves. When they start chirping about stuff, because, you know, this season I only get, had to give out one yellow because the coach of the team um, couldn't let go of the fact that we called a ball because it, it was uh, at this junior high, it was down in Lincoln, and this was Mount Pulaski, and that junior high has this big fan okay. on the ceiling. Okay. And so if the ball, if they hit the, try to hit the ball over and it hits something on the ceiling and then keeps going back over, it's out of play. Okay, this is volleyball, right? Yeah, okay, right, yeah this right, is volleyball. Right, right. And so there was a play where a ball went through this humongous fan on the ceiling and it didn't hit anything. And both my partner and I, you know, he was up in the stand, he was our one and I was down on the floor sure. too. We were both looking at it going, okay, it didn't hit the fan. They're screaming their full heads off saying that it hit the fan. Right. And I'm like, and I keep shaking my head. Right. That coach would not let it go. Oh, Even though the fact that her team lost 25-11, oh, yeah, 25-14. Right. Right. Didn't, didn't change anything. Didn't change okay. anything. We were doing, that was the seventh grade match that this happened in. We did the captain's meeting for the eighth grade match where we flip the coin and do everything like that. And she's still talking about it. Wow. See, now my view on stuff like that is... I'm not raising excuse makers, right? Uh, my son just just wrestled in the state series in Illinois, and he had the flu. He weighed in five pounds under his weight, and he did not have a great tournament. Still placed sixth in mm-hmm. the state of Illinois in 3A. So, I mean, it's still a mountain to climb, and I was proud of him for getting through it being sick. But I don't make an excuse for anything. Like, I was literally texting him, no one gives a fuck that you are sick. They are not going to change the Mm-mm. the schedule. So you just go out there and do what you have to do. This is it. You're a senior. Go take care of business. Because the biggest thing, I think, with parents, you know, as... as well, they're raising excuse makers. As, an, as an official is that officials. they're looking for... I mean, it's not really an excuse kind of thing. It's they're looking for every advantage they can get. Yes. I mean, that's really that's the biggest part of it is that one of the things that they try to do is they try to sow confusion in the umpires to say, well, that's not the rule. That's not the rule. When you know full well. Right. You know, I had a I had a American Legion game at Roanoke Benson. Kid hit a ball. It it just he Topped it and it was in foul territory, and then it spun back into fair territory. And the kid stopped running because he thought it was going to stay foul. Well, it went back fair. Mm-hmm. He started running again because he's like, "Oh crap! It's in it's in fair sure. territory." Right. First baseman comes up, gloves it, tags him. The mother for the offensive team starts screaming her fool head up. That was foul. That was foul. That was foul. And the coach had to come from the third base coach's box, yeah. walked over and said, no, he was right. It was fair. And she still didn't get it. And right, I'm just like, right, right. Eh. Oh, those are the worst, too. To, stay, yeah. to be in the stands and hear you know, parents that don't understand the sport scream about the sport drives me up the wall. Yeah. It's like the rule books are online. Just go find out what the rules are. Yeah. You're wrong. And so with wrestling, we do... 
We do folk style during the regular season. We mm-hmm. do freestyle and Greco in the summer. And it's a completely different, different game. It's a different animal because yeah. my girlfriend's daughter was fo- was mostly folk style. Right, but she's she, going to be focused on freestyle until again because girls, that's where they're right, going. Right. And so that's really the biggest thing about doing the officiating from the parent perspective is, you know, they're going to be in your ear. You know, baseball always. You know, what's the biggest thing parents are going to comment about the game? Balls and strikes. Oh, God, yeah, right. Every, sure, everyone sure, sure. is going to look at balls and strikes, and it's like there's a strike zone. You know, because what's funny is that the strike zone's not the same as college or Major League Baseball. Right. Because right. the when you teach it in the clinics, what they say is that the strike zone up to down is from the letters to the bottom of the knees. Okay. Okay. And that the the width of it is the plate plus you get two balls on the outside and one on the inside. Two balls diameter. Two balls diameter on okay. the outside. Right. Sure. And so it, you know it basically is the line for the batter's box in the opposite on the opposite side. Okay. That's that's two balls worth. It's literally two balls worth. Got so it. if it hits that line, it's I'm a strike. Call, I'm calling it a strike. Sure. And there was a team that I had where the kids could not get over that. And the coach actually argued with me about that. From the from the dugout, he didn't come out. Sure. But he he he's like, you know, how is that? Never mind the fact that his that his pitcher had three strikeouts on that outside where that was. Right. So it wasn't just one team that was getting that. They just didn't understand that that's they weren't learning the strike zone because when you come up the first time through the order, you've got to learn the strike zone. You know, you're kind of told, okay, yeah, that's going to be that's going to be what the strike zone is, and they're right. gonna, they're going to kind of yelp about that. But the good ones ask, you know, like I'll I'll call one at the bottom of the knees, and sometimes I've had the batter look at me and go, "Is that the bottom of the zone?" I said, "Yep, bottom right. of the zone," and he's like, "All right." So that they know, and they'll go back and tell their sure. people, "Hey, bottom of the knees is where." So it's now at. we were talking about like uh, to explain it to people. There, there's um, I, I'm a coach, and in wrestling, there's certifications for the coaching. So mm-hmm. you have to like sit down in front of a computer, watch a bunch of videos, and then they're sports specific. So they'd be just about wrestling. So like if I have a problem with a call, and and, and you know to explain wrestling a little to. Wrestling. If you have if you have a good match, if you have a, a a equally matched couple guys or girls, the score is pretty close. A call can definitely make the difference yes. in a match. Right. If you get a blowout volleyball game, well, your call with the fa- like that's not going to change anything. That's not going to change anything. But if if you call that that's not a two point takedown and it was. It, or or it, a reversal because we've had a lot of it. We had where they weren't calling reversals. Okay. And. You know, we, we, you know, we've talked to people and they're like, oh, yeah, these guys don't call reversals to save her. You know, right. Because right, right. they well, we, have, we have guys that don't call stalling and stuff like that. That drives me nuts. It's like, that's oh, yeah, obviously stalling. So just call it's, it. It's a stall because he's just sitting there doing right. nothing. I mean, that's but where I was going was we have so you have a video you watch and it explains to you how I'm supposed to talk to the referee. Like I'm I'm never if I call him to the table to, to I don't tell him he's wrong. I ask him, can you explain to me, please, how if he's got armpits and a leg hooked, 
that in my book that's two, but tell me you know that I'm wrong. I, I, I'm trying to be polite and everything else, but from my understanding, that looked like two, and then he needs to explain to me why it's not. Right, and, and, and in any of the other sports, you're going to have that, where you're going to say, hey, you know, um, one of the points of emphasis for baseball this year is about the slide rule when they slide into a base. Okay. Okay, they've got to slide. If they're going to slide into a base, they have to slide straight in, and they can't slide through it to take out yeah, right, field. right, sure. It's a safety thing. Yeah. And so we went through some videos in the clinic about that. Well, I had one where I called, where I where I called, um, slide rule because the kid went towards the fielder. He could still touch the base, but he went towards the fielder yeah, to try to take it up. Sure. And I called it right off the bat. And the, and and. The manager was from normal community high school, and the normal schools are really good. Okay, those are, you know, they're high, they're higher, they're the higher levels and everything sure. like that, and they know what they're doing. And so he calls time. That was the first thing because a lot of coaches, if they're trying to argue something, do not call time. They don't, okay. which is really weird. Yeah. But he called time, and he and he went to the because I was on the bases and I called it because it. That's my call. I'm standing four feet away from what happened. Sure. And right, you know, I called him out at second, then I go, dead ball, illegal slide, batter runner is out. Yeah, right, right. Okay. And so he calls time, you know, and said, I want to talk to him. And home plate umpire's like, go ahead. And so, and I was wearing sunglasses, so I took my sunglasses off and put my hands in my back pockets. Because if you, Talk to yeah, them like yeah, this, gesture, sure. you're, you're, it's negative space. And yeah. so I just took my sunglasses off, put them on, because talking to, talking through sunglasses also that way. Yep. Put my sunglasses on my hat, put my hands in my back pockets, and, and he goes, "What? Uh, can you explain to me the call? And then I said, sure. He did not slide straight in there. Mm-hmm. He goes, "It didn't." so it didn't matter that he could still touch the base. I said, no. He has to, with his entire body, go for to, the base. He, he yeah. has to be on in that sliding sure. line. If he goes outside of the sliding line, it's an illegal slide. Even if he doesn't affect the play, right? It still is. He's like, "I got it. Thank you." And he right, and he went off it. Right, right. I had a because the opposite example um, was rivalry game with Eureka and DMAC. Okay, on Eureka's on Eureka's field, Um, I had a play at the plate. I'm behind the plate. I had a play at the plate. Called him out. Yeah. The head coach is the third base coach. He comes almost halfway down the line going, and he's arguing the call. You know, ball's already back to the pitcher. Mm -hmm. I didn't call time. He's just asking, hey, what happened here? And I said, and I turned around and I said, he still hasn't touched the plate. Right. And what was funny about that was, there was a runner Eureka had on third. During all this chaos, he thought he would try to score. Oh, jeez. Because the ball technically was still live. Mm-hmm. Nobody called time. The funny part was D-Max coach yelled to his pitcher to call time. Pitcher didn't hear him. Oh, okay. Sure. And so this guy comes streaming down the third base line. Pitcher sees it, throws the ball back to his catcher. Catcher tags him. I call him out. Right. 
and yeah, coach is coach absolutely is right. And he says, but yeah. when I talked to you, it's assumed we had to call time. I said, coach, you can't assume that I'm going to call time just because you asked me a question. Right. Doesn't mean, I said, if you wanted time, you needed to ask for time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, right. I'm just going on yeah. that way. And what was funny was the next half inning, the assistant coach for Eureka, who was a 25-year baseball re- baseball umpire, went to the first base board co- to the first base box, but first went to my partner, who everybody knew. Went to him and he, and he said, "You know what? That was the dumbest play I've ever seen yeah. in my entire life." And, right, right. and and he's like, and and my partner said, "Was my partner right in doing what he did?" The the first base coach looked at him and said, absolutely. My my guy didn't call time. He's not going to assume that. Yeah, right, right. right so that right. was so there's there's two ways to do it. And I always when I do the pregame conference, I always say, hey, you got a question, call for time first. I'll acknowledge you and come out. We can kibitz about it. Right. No, no big deal. So I always say that, but a lot of times coaches forget to do that. It's it's right, kind of, it's right, kind of right. funny how it how it works that way because they always talk about that. So yeah, for the other sports, for the officials, we have and we we went over it in in the clinic yesterday about being professional, mm-hmm. and it's all business. As soon as you step on that field, it's all business. Right. You know, right. you can kibitz here and there with with people, but sure. you're not going to really be fraternizing. It's talking to the coaches in a professional way, talking to the players, talking to the fan, you know, all of that stuff is all, it's all dealt with in the videos. Cause you know what I'm talking about when you talk about, the, when we talk about the videos, you know, in the video, we talk about that in the clinics. We right. Talk I'm sure about you guys that. have the same setup, right? Where you have to get certified to be a, yeah. an official. Yeah. So you have to so sit through the we classes. Have to, yeah. We have to watch the video on what rule changes there were or anything sure. like that. Right. There's every three years, there's a concussion, video that we have to watch about dealing with yeah. concussions and all that good stuff. And then we have to take it, take the test. And as long as we get 80% on the test, you're fine. If you want to progress, you have to do better than 80%. You have okay. to do uh, either 90, 90 or 90, better than 90 or better than 94 for different, now, for different levels. So do they, okay, when you're saying progress, like in wrestling, they have a thing on a year to year basis where, you know, I think uh, we, it's really it's really based on complaints. So if you complain, get a bunch of complaints against you as an official, they're not going to invite you to coach in the state series or it, like, you know, like they they take when you get to the state tournament, mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the best referees that were in the state, the guys that right. had the least amount of complaints and, and stuff like that. Well, it's not just the it's not just the ratings because we get rated right by the coaches and by the ads. Sure. Um, that's a part of it. It's also your test score okay. is a part of it as well. How many games that you, how many varsity games or matches did you do? Sure. It's the experience. So they take part of it's the ratings, part of it's the experience, part of it's the test score. And that's who gets state series assignments. Got it. Got it. Now with youth sports has exploded from mm-hmm. when we were kids there, there were just it was small. I mean, I was an umpire when I was like twelve. It was just a bunch of kids being umpires. Now it's always adults, right? Because well, and and it, that's the biggest thing. Because when we were in junior high, we didn't have baseball. I went to uh, Oster Oakview, okay, in New Lenox, right? 
We the didn't school have a didn't, baseball but team. We had it in the park district. Park district, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. That's where we played. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's, you know, now you have travel leagues. You've got AAU right, for right, basketball. Right. You've got all of these other different things, and I think that's the problem. Is that when we were kids and we were playing park district ball. How much pressure was there on us to succeed? Oh, God, none. In, and it was like you were playing park district ball against the kids in your own subdivision. Like, it was your own little – you were playing against New Lenox kids. I was playing against Frankfurt Square kids. Like, that's how we were doing it. Now, my sons at six years old are wrestling kids from Edwardsville. Yeah. Like, holy right. shit, what the hell because, are you doing? Because the baseball – it's like the – it was – when we were growing up, it was like the movie The Sandlot with uniforms. Yep. Right, right. We and, just meet up to play. And right. now it's, you know, there are certain towns. And me being in, in central and west Illinois, I see it a lot more where that town has absolutely invested. Right. I'm going to say something a little controversial. In, right. The, the, I've felt that the smaller the town, the bigger the asshole parents there are. Well, not, they almost don't have anything to like do or something. I don't know what it is. Not but. necessarily because there are other towns. I do. I do games for. Um, I do games for. There's an area called Olympia. That's four four different towns. It's Minear and Stanford and Atlanta. Okay. It's kind of southwest of Bloomington Normal, and I go to Minear. I've done tons of games in Minear. Fantastic people there. They are the. They are the best. Um, okay. I go to to DMAC, which is Deer Creek and Mackinac. I go to Hayworth. There are smaller towns that are yeah, really, maybe really small good. Is not what I should say. It's because uh, you you brought up Washington. Washington, the consensus is they are the worst. And I mean, I've been around them. They're 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 some of the most the, the things that they're saying in the stands. I'm almost like, wow, well, I can't get over what you're doing here. And part of that is what Washington High School has set as their priorities for for their schools and for their athletics. Yeah. Okay. My my girlfriend's youngest goes to Dunlap High School. Okay. Dunlap is very academic centered. Okay. Very. Um, because a lot of the engineers that work at Caterpillar sure. go to Dun, their kids go to Dunlap. Right. Okay. And now they do have some athletics that they do really well in. Football team a couple of years ago got to the state finals in their class and then got hammered by a Chicago team. Sure. Um, their baseball team is really good. They do really well in running sports, tennis. They do really well in right. that sort of thing. But it's not, you know, they do have boosters. Don't get me wrong, and they do, you know, they got this nice scoreboard for the, for the, um, for the football team. Their baseball stadium is fantastic. Remember when everybody's places flooded and nobody could play baseball? Yeah, right, sure, sure. There were two places that could actually play. One of them was Dunlap, okay, because when they built that stadium. That the baseball park. They did it right. They put drain they, tiles in They there. can drain like it's not even, I mean, sure. it could rain cats and dogs for, for you know overnight within an hour, mm. bone dry. Washington has set their mark out as being, we are an athletics school. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, and it, they're, they're, they're really good at wrestling, no doubt. They're really good at wrestling. There's other things they are really good at as well. They have set their mark on... On athletics, and basically, it's it, it it's come to the point in that area where if you want your kids to be able to play 
on really good teams and go to state finals and stuff like that, you actually move yeah. to Washington. Or you rent an apartment. You rent an apartment. Air or if Or you claim residency with this, right. which yeah. happens everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's different everywhere, too, because, like, you know, when you're in an area, like, down, down there, it, it's so wide open. And, yeah. and you know, like... It's funny because you're not fooling anybody when you're a guy that I was running with the youth clubs for from kindergarten all the way through eighth grade. I talked to these parents. I they saw these kids with the clubs they're with. I know where the clubs were at. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this kid that's at a club that's sixty miles from Washington is at I'm like how is that Washington? Right? How the hell did you well, get there? No, that and and that happens a lot. You know, there were kids that my girlfriend's youngest wrestled with. Where they lived in Peoria, mm-hmm. but they they temporarily moved to Washington. Right, they right. had the wherewithal to do that. Sure. So that's that's all part of that. I mean, I mean, that's really the biggest part of it is that there are places where the sports, like the town of Morton, which is just a little bit outside of Peoria, it's like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes outside of Peoria. They've got a they've got a caterpillar house there too, but they also have other stuff. They've got Nestle there, and they've okay. got a couple of really big distributors. There's yeah. there's industry there, but Morton really Morton has that priority with athle- athletics from young. Very, I mean it, and it's it's almost like it's a system mm-hmm. in that town. Everything is you want to play for the Potters. Yeah. See now, okay. So I, I, like. The parents absolutely drive me nuts. I, I've had parents and, and even a guy in a wheelchair, like I'll pull him aside and be like, hey, you got to stop, man. You got to stop. Your your little guy is, Donnie's eight years old. Like, yeah. you, you're ruining this for him. Right. Because I'll tell you a story. I did a game with Morton and Olympia down in the town of Atlanta, which is right near, you know, right off of 55. And it's this little podunk you know, the whole town is like eight blocks square. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's this little field. Okay. And we were doing a double header during the middle of the week. And the first game I was behind the plate and there was this guy from the, one of the Morton dads that was walking up and down and was saying all kinds of stuff all the time. Okay. I ignored him. I was just, and one time during my game, I said to the coach, Hey, do you want to put a muzzle on him? He's like, all right, I'll take care of it. Second game, I'm on the bases, and he's just getting louder and louder. I find out that he was drinking during the entire time. Oh, sure, sure, and, sure. of course, because, you know, McLean County Sheriff's not there to enforce mm-hmm. the whole no alcohol on the premises, right. which they weren't. So he's just yapping, and he starts dropping some F-bombs. And um, first inning, he's dropping F-bombs left and right. They're little kids running around. Mm-hmm. It's their brothers playing and everything like that. Sure. And 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 he finally let a really loud one go, and I'm like, hang on a second. I go to the, the Morton coach. I said, look, I'm done with him. He does it again. I'm going to kick him off the premises. If he still does it after that, I'm going to forfeit the game because this is this is nonsense. So right. he said it again. I kicked him out. Now he could go across the street and be off of the premises. Right. Fine, he could watch the game. Third inning. Morton's up to bat. My partner calls a ball, calls a strike on the on the outside corner, on the inside corner. Sorry, on the inside corner. All of a sudden, I hear from across the street, "Oh, that's horse shit." All of a sudden, I'm like, "We're done," and I start walking off the field. Right. And I looked over at Morton, and Morton's coach was just like, "Oh shit!" 
that this guy. Yeah, and I come to find out because again, I do I do a lot of games for Morton. I come to find out that they banned him from the games. His son could still play. I, and I've seen in defense of some. I've seen some parents that got better. They, I don't know if they somehow put it in perspective or what, but there was a couple of dads that were horrible when their kids were like you know junior high age, got into high school. And the guy just sits in the stands now, and he doesn't really say, he'll holler, blah, 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 whatever like that, but he doesn't get belligerent, he doesn't get crazy. And the kid's doing good, so that's good too. But a lot of parents I see, I cannot, and there's always like that rule, the, the thing that breaks the rule too. Generally, it's the parents that there was some glimmer of the kid being good at some point, and then they lose their minds. But I've seen kids that, they really just were never very good at wrestling, and their parent is an absolute madman. Yeah. Like he's I mean, a complete nut. There, I mean, and a lot of that I think is just their. They want the best for their kid, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Literally, no matter what. And it's and, all emotional. I get it. Like, yeah, I do. Yeah, and that's and that's something that we have to manage. And when we do, like when I do the pregame meeting for baseball, I say, "Look, sportsmanship starts with you guys." And it extends to the, to your players and to the fans. I, and I always say, if I have an issue with a fan, I'm going to point them out to you first. And then if it's still going on, I'm going to point them out to the AD, and the AD is going to kick them out. Right, right, right. Because, and I've had, and I had to do that. I did a tournament in the Quad Cities. I had to kick out three three fans because they just would not let it go. Right. And, you know, and I was even on the basis, they were yelling at my partner, who was an Iowa umpire. Mm-hmm. And they were just on him and on him and on. And finally, I had had enough. And I'm like, and I said, all right, you guys are done. And I pointed to the uh, the people that were running the tournament. I'm like, get these three out of here. They're, they won't, they will not, they will not shut up. I mean, right. it's, a lot of it is they feel because their kid's playing, they have a right to say that, which is completely and utterly wrong right they there's no and 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 sometimes it's something where the coaches feel that it's not their responsibility to manage their fans which is also horribly and utterly wrong and i've seen i've seen uh terrific athletes uh this one guy fabian lopez we were at dekalb his parents the fans were out of control and he came off the bench and he's like hey hey guys gotta calm down and he totally comes that they were like, all right, all right, yeah, we get it. There's a 17-year-old kid who just explained to you that this is not appropriate the way you're acting. And they mellowed up. They were totally cool after that. Like I was like, wow, that's the perfect situation right that's, there. That's how you do it because it's because it, it's a lot of times the players will do what they're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to do bench shocking, I know that Mahomet Seymour High School, they do a lot of bench shocking. A lot. I did a game with them in Prairie Central, and they were on Prairie Central from the moment they got off the bus. And first inning, they do all this, and and after the first inning, I walked over to the coach. I said, "Your guys have to back this off because someone's going to get plunked." Sure, sure, sure. Because if you guys keep yapping and yapping and yapping, they're just not going to care, especially if they're losing. And guess what happened? Fourth inning, they're down. Um, Prairie Central's down eight to nothing. It's um, Prairie Central's warming up. 
Prairie Central's pitcher steps off the mound, looks at his first baseman, and goes, All right, I'm going to hit 25. Said it out loud. Okay. Wow. My partner didn't say anything to me. I'm behind the plate. So my basis person, as soon as as soon as the pitcher said that, I would have sprinted yeah. to my partner going, Hey, pitcher just said that he was going to hit 25. Muhammad Seymour's 25. I think we need to do bench warnings. And I would have been like, no problem. Yeah, right, right, right. Because if you would have done it after the bench warning, pitcher would have been gone, coach would have been gone. Right, right, right. And the bad part about that was at that time, Prairie Central only had one coach. If you eject the coach and they have no coach... It's over. Games forfeited. Oh wow! wow. And I've and I've said that. I and I've said that. I, there have been times where I've said that, um, where the where I, the, he's after me and after me and after me. And I said, "Look, I'm done with this. I don't want to throw you out because if I throw you out, you forfeited the game. Don't make me forfeit this game on you." Right. And that's I had, I had one instance. And I never, I like, I, I always was respectful to the the other athlete kids and, and all that other kind of stuff. But I had one time where, because I'm a father and a coach, and my son was, he was driving me nuts, like for weeks, doing the same dumb thing that he was like, I don't know why, why, why he thought this was, it must have worked somewhere for him, but it was not working, it was not working, and he lost a match to a guy that he generally beats, and. I was like, that was crap. That was complete crap. You keep doing the same crap. And somebody on the other side overheard me talking to my son about it being crap and took it as I was saying that their athlete was crap. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I've been coaching little kids forever and ever. This is a frustration situation that's going on between me and my son. If it wasn't my son, I wouldn't have this. But from that day on, I felt so bad about that. I have never... Said anything negative to him, Matt side again. Later on, we'll talk about it. Yeah, whatever, like that. But I don't ever want another athlete to feel like I'm. It's just not that important. Right. My kids, um, the wrestling's serious. You know, they wrestle year round. It, it's it's what they want to do. But it's still just wrestling in the end. It's just it's just youth sports. Right. It's not. It's- like my, my my we were out in the gym yesterday, and my son goes, he goes, you know, he played uh a little bit of soccer. He played uh, baseball. Um, did jujitsu. What else did he do? Um, that that's pretty much about it. Like he he was pretty much uh, um, like I don't know gravitated towards the wrestling mat, mm-hmm. and that that's just what he wanted to do. Jujitsu was fine because it was kind of similar, you know, on the mat combat sport sort of thing. So, um, like, but I, it was probably like fourth grade when he didn't do anything except for grappling that that's right. what he was doing and i kind of felt bad about it and, and he was in the gym he's like do you think i'd be more athletic if i would have like maybe played some hockey and played a little bit of basketball or something like that and i go you know what i don't know and i go, i'll be honest with you son i know you're he's right into where he's going into college and he's gonna make a college wrestling squad now mm-hmm. i go you're you're a good wrestler right he goes oh yeah he goes i'm really good at that i'm just not really good at anything else and i'm like well that's fine i go just just be a good wrestler because you only got a couple more years left and it's not gonna matter Right. I'm sorry, it's I, not because that's a lot of a lot of what's happening. Also, because when we were growing up, correct me if I'm wrong, but we played the different sports. Mm. The same guys played well, baseball. Yeah, and there's basketball. a big difference too, though. We played everything all the time, and my son was explaining. I go, 
he goes, you know, when you were younger, do you think that, uh, you know, if I would have gotten a scrap with you, would, would you have gotten winded? And I go, well, no, because, I don't know, just for shits and giggles, I used to go run three or four miles all the time with my friend that was on the cross-country team. We just used to go do that. If there was never a day, pretty much after school, I was looking to either do my homework or ditch my homework so I could go play basketball with my friends or go play pickup football game or go play. We were constantly running to do something. I explained to him, I go, you know what? You guys got the phones and the video games and there's a gazillion channels. There was, If I took all that away from you, what would you do? Because, oh, yeah, I'd probably be out doing shit. And I go, yeah, because you're trying to find shit to do. We used to ride our bikes from Frankfurt Square, like near Harlem and Route 30, all the way from that area, like past uh, where the Home Depot's at on Route 45, mm-hmm. over the overpass on 80, because there were two girls that had a pool Right. In the Tinley Gardens area, we used to go all the way to there. So we got on a six-mile bike ride, swim in the pool all day, and then do another six-mile bike ride. Right, because I I knew kids from Frankfurt Square that would would ride bikes into downtown Frankfurt. They'd go to the granary. Absolutely. When I lived in Frankfurt, I lived at Camp Manitoba. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. right. right, And so I would ride bikes... I would ride my bike all the way... That's out there, right? That's out there. I mean, that's, you know, sock trail almost on almost on Harlem, you know, I would ride my bike all the way into downtown Frankfurt. Yeah, not thinking anything of it. It wasn't like it was a chore. You were just riding your bike. That's how I got in there. Because they call that, now they call that cross training. (laughs) You know, and I tell tell people, I have either played, coached, or officiated in seven different sports. Right. And so, and there are a lot of people our age and maybe a little bit older that did that. For sure. Where they did... A whole bunch of things. Yeah, right. And I mean, we so I had all the hockey gear. Whenever there was ice on the pond, we were always playing hockey. Yep. Um, if there was no ice, we had a football, we were playing football. If it was summertime, we were playing basketball, basketball. Or, or baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we could always, and that was the crazy thing too, you could always feel the team. We could always get we a six-on-six six football game going on or a four-on-four four basketball game. There was always the ability to do that. And if you couldn't, like, the basketball courts, you just go up to the courts and you could always find people up there. We used to do everything, too. Like, me and Danny Shanahan a couple times, he dated a girl that had tennis courts in her backyard. We used to go there and play tennis. Well, I mean, when I lived at Manitoba, that was actually perfect because we had, there are still two basketball courts. There used to be two baseball diamonds. Now there's only one because sure. they took out the other one for the um, for the retreat center. But, you know, and I had... They used to have an obstacle course back there, and the pond was over on one side. Towards the back of the um, back of Manitoba, there's this huge steep hill that in the in the winter we'd grab the inner tubes from the pool mm-hmm. and we'd inner tube down that. Nice. And there were yeah. kids that because Prestwick was on the other side of is on yep. the other side of those tracks. Right. They would come through the 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 opening there with the kind of the drainage, they would walk through that into Manitoba. Yeah. And they would and they'd come in and, and play with us in there. Right, right, right. That's right, what they did. Right. But now it's so specialized. It's so it's so serious all oh, the time. It's so everyone's you, so wound up. When you have these places that are the specific you're gonna train baseball 24 7 365 or you're gonna football camps or these you know basketball you you're you know, these kids, you know, go to sleep with a basketball in their hand or right. something like that. There's now there's all this specialization 
that's where it really you know now the pressure we talked about the pressure is really on and stuff like it that. is it is i mean if, that's you know so my guys do um a combat sport right so mm-hmm. like what they do and what's funny is some people don't realize that that's what it is I and mean, i find that funny that they don't understand what's going on on the mat out there like my son's beating up another kid just not beating him he's not hitting him he's just beating him up like right. that's what's going on my son will be in like uh, a class and he's sitting there with uh, a guy that's a swimmer and a football player and a baseball player and the baseball player looks and goes what you think you beat me up he goes, oh, I'm positive. I could. I'm not. We're, gonna, we're not going to do this. Yeah. But I'm positive that I could beat you up. Yeah. You you hit a ball for your hobby, and mine is grabbing guys and turning them into pretzels. Yeah. So like, yeah, of course I could do that. Um, now we were talking in the gym, and I was like, you know, I go, you guys are far more trained than the kids were 30 years ago. As far as I've taken them to, you know, Iowa, Indiana. Shit, we've been to Oklahoma. For wrestling, we, like they've wrestled all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been to jujitsu, you know, uh, instructors. You've been to freestyle Greco. Like you, you've seen the ever. I mean, like they've been instructed by guys that were Olympic alternates and stuff like that. Like right. that kind of stuff happens. Now, were we as kids tougher than you kids? I think so. So if you wanted to go outside and have a fight, I think you wouldn't fare so well. But if in a, in a wrestling match, you probably beat most of those guys yeah. just because you're better trained than they are. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's the it's the cross training and doing the other, doing the other yeah, sports sure, and having yeah. those having those other skills. I mean, that's really you're missing out on stuff too. I told him we were talking in the gym and I'm like, hey man, I go, you know, you're going to college. If there's some off season time and someone's like, hey, you know, we're gonna do this uh, softball thing or this, you know, drama club or whatever, go do it. Go do it. Because you're missing out on all the other things, and it's like everything's so serious about this, like funneled into this one thing. I see these parents too that like don't take any body like physiology into consideration. You know, the guy's five foot ten, your wife is five foot two, and you think you're raising a, the next linebacker for the Chicago Bears. It's not going to happen. It's not going to. It's not going to happen. And they, you know, and they try to. You know, the kids try to be as tough as possible, and they try to. You know, they try to go through pain and they try to do this, that, and the other thing. And it's just like, that's, you know, that's really the, what is the focus of why? It's basically the question of why are you playing the sport? Right. Why are you playing it to please your, please your parents? It's that's, such a weird dynamic. That's, really that's a bad idea because yeah. you want to do it. And I see this in kids all the time. Their body language on the field or on the court they don't want to be there. And when I'm an official or an umpire and I see that, it breaks my heart because it's like you're wasting this kid's time. Right, right. Well, and so growing up, I, I broke my hand um, like uh, partway through the football season in high school. And I was not going to let anyone know that I had to, not, not my parents, not anybody, because I just wanted to keep playing football right. for the rest of the time that the season was and everything else. And I was really, I was out there with my friends. I, I had no thoughts of I was ever going to go to college playing football or any of this stuff, but it was fun. And this is what I want to do. And I didn't want to be a guy with a cast on my stupid hand sitting there on the sidelines. So I'm like, I'm just going to hide it. So I played through pain because I wanted to play. I think there's kids out there now that are like, you know, looking at, I, I see them sometimes looking at their parent on, and they're not hurt. They Right now they don't feel right or their shoulder hurts or something like that. And they're shaking their head no and their dad's going, yeah. and I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. No. He's eight. 
who fucking cares? Yeah. I like, mean, that's that. That's really the biggest thing is that they're trying to instill that so young in there, you know, because it's you know that one where the the parent was swearing. That was a U nine game. No. Right. I mean, okay, you yeah. nine. Are you right. are you freaking kidding me that no. you would have something like that happen? To th- and that's where you know, as an official, you. That's why I was so stringent about it because it's like this is nine year olds and this guy's swearing around it and being drunk and and doing all that other stuff. I've got to manage this situation. the The Morton coach wasn't managing the managing the situation at all. Right. I right. think if if that would have been an Olympia parent, first of all. I don't think an Olympia parent would have done that. That's not how Olympia does things. But if they would have had it, that would have been handled right away. Right. And, it, and it may not even been handled by the coach. I think it would have been handled by one of the other parents going, sit down and shut up and dry out. Yeah, right. Because right, right. because I know I, I, I know that's something that other, you know, if that would have happened older and it was Morton, oh, that would have been handled in five seconds. Because that would have just been like nine years old. Yeah, I almost think, like you almost think that parents ought to like. So we do something with the youth club where we have the my my son's coach in the youth club, and they're they're in high school wrestling. Mm-hmm. So like we make sure that the youth club the youth club is great about it too. They they show up at the high school meets, right? So the parents can see how a high school meet goes, and I don't know if they realize how much quieter it is and how much like. It's, this is not insanity that's going on. When if you walk, I went, I left coaching when my sons started freshman year in high school. I figured I don't know if I'm gonna have time for that. But then after freshman year, I'm like, you know what? For high school wrestling to go watch is easy. It's much easier than the youth stuff is. We're not taking all day. Everything else. So when I can, I'm gonna go give back and I'll coach some. I stepped back into the wrestling room when they were, or not the not the practice room, but like the, you know, a tournament, and I was like, oh, what I do. Why am I here? This is a bad idea. Like this was terrible. I've made a huge mistake. Um, and there were parents like screaming, and I'm like, "Oh, that's right. This is exactly how it was just two years ago." Exactly. They're crazy. And then like, if you were to if you were to take a video of the parents, you go, you got that guy. Like the the mother's like this spit coming out of her. She looks horrible, and the hair's all over the place. And I understand she had a rough day. She's probably up at six this morning to get this thing going and everything else. If you panned from the crowd to the mat where there's a six year old wrestling, you're like, are you out of your fucking mind? That's a that's a little tiny kid. They've got his singlet tied up in the back because he's it's too small. He can't like you know he's too he's little. Too, he's too little. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. It's like the, if the, you don't think your kids are looking at you, seeing you act like this, it, it, like she must not have had the biscuits and gravy yet because that's right. like something's <laughs> you, wrong. You, you know that from 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 wrestling tournaments, they always have biscuits and gravy at wrestling. Tournaments. Sure, sure. But that's that's always the question: is why are you doing this? And I ask and and. And, and I, maybe that should be asked of every segment of this. You ask the players. You ask, ask the coaches. You ask the officials. Sure. Why are you doing this? Okay. You just explained, you know, you just said, I went back into to wrestling. You said, I had the time. I still want to give back, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I stepped into that because I wanted to do something. Yeah, I could, I could have kept playing. Oh. Park District volleyball once or twice a week in Peoria, and maybe that would have satisfied me. It didn't. Right. 
I now, wanted to get back the, involved the, to it. The, 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 the officiating thing, though, from what I understand, it's kind of lucrative. Like, I mean, with all the stuff that goes on. Uh, well, it depends. Uh, at least wrestling-wise, it is. Because some of the young wrestlers, they do it on the weekend. And right. They make a good buck. Other sports, it's not so much. Okay. 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 Because a lot of, uh, you know, just about every sport is losing officials. Oh. Because a, a lot of it is the time and effort and they're not getting enough to do that. Now, if you do it four or five days a week, like the baseball season, oh yeah, yeah. that can really be. Volleyball can be a bit of a different story though. Now, I just found out from the clinic that um, a guy that was at the clinic does stuff in the Ottawa region, LaSalle, Peru, stuff like that. He's like, I can do this stuff seven days a week. Yeah, They are, in that area, they're absolutely hurting for officials. And from where I live... Ottawa's like almost an hour. Sure, sure. And I, you know, and I've gone down to Lincoln, which is an hour. Prairie Central's an hour fifteen. I've done stuff in Pontiac. You know, I most of my baseball is Bloomington Normal. That's between forty five minutes and an hour. See, wrestling so umpire, he's he er, ref. He is uh, he's relegated to just the you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's four days a week because he could go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if he does youth too. Yep. So, but that's it because of the weight cutting. So guy, you know, guys are fat on Monday and then you know, skinny again on Thursday. Yeah, but that's I mean, but that's really the biggest thing is that I mean, I worked a, a JV game with a guy for Olympia, and we got paid, we got paid fifty for the game, and he's like, you know, you know, I know I realize this is Illinois and everything, but I came from Texas, and a JV game in Texas you get seventy five. Okay. Now, I, I, from what I understand, the referees make over a hundred a day. I mean, some of it. So that that's the other thing too. If you're coaching a youth tournament in wrestling, you could be there till like four o'clock from being there at like well, nine o'clock. Because this if it's a tournament, yeah, they're gonna do. Yeah, I mean, like I did a seventh grade volleyball tournament in Lincoln. I did four matches. It was. A little under because each match was like forty five minutes because they were all two setters, and I got one hundred and twenty. There you go, right? One hundred and twenty bucks. I mean, if you look at, I mean, the problem. I mean, the problem with baseball is there are some high school games that are three hours because the the home plate umpire is not moving things. Oh, is that along? When I was saying that, I think that they should be paid. You know, it's important that we have good. You're only going to get the best talent to do that thing, or people who care. If you're going to pay them something, yeah, and and that's and that's the biggest thing. And there are schools that are paying more now. They realize that, you know, they've had problems getting officials for games. Sure, and so they are starting to pay more, realizing, hey, you know, the market demands that we do that. So they're doing a lot better with that. I mean, and that's. And one of the great things that IHSA is actually doing right now is they have a pro special program for high school and college kids. They've expanded it to college kids before it was just high school kids being IHSA officials. Okay. Where the first year they're part of this special program, they waive their yearly fee, which first, uh, I believe first um, sport is $70 yeah. for the first sport, and then okay. it's 20 for for additionals. They waive it the first year, and then for about, I think, the next four years, they discount theirs. 
Yeah, it's good. It's good, right? Yeah, and so that way, and then they can build up the experience, get some, you know, yeah, make some for, make some money for that too. For coaching, the my sons don't make any money for coaching. They just right. they're purely on a volunteer basis. And you know, I got to give them a credit. They go from school all day to their practice until five o'clock, and then they leave that practice and they go to another practice. And if you're a wrestling coach that's eighteen years old, guess what you're doing during wrestling practice? You're wrestling. Yeah, you're, you got the big kids, and you're you know you're going to wrestle right. with those kids. So like they're doing another hour and a half, two hours of mm-hmm. wrestling after that, and then they go home. You know, so like it's it's a long ass day, um, and they're doing it like I want them to do it to give back to the you know the sport gave them a lot. You're giving it back, yeah. and then you're also seeing wrestling from another vantage point. So you're saying, oh yeah, maybe my doubles not exactly. I'm, maybe I'm not drilling it perfectly either, and then you can start thinking about it that way. Uh, but to get their coach's card, they have to go through a state background check. So the state police do a background check, make sure they're not criminals or pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And then they have to do uh, the the class thing where they sit and watch the videos and everything else to make sure they know the rules of wrestling. And uh, then they have to pay the USA wrestler fee too. Right. I want to say the whole thing altogether was 120 bucks a kid yeah. to have them coach. To have them coach, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no money in it, and the officials, yeah, and the officials have to do. We have to have the background check done, and we've got to do the tests yeah, and right. do the concussion thing, and and all and all that. Other. Which is good. I don't know if it's as necessary with the background check for you guys as it yes. is for still well, yes. Okay, I mean I, it's probably good that they do it, but you're never in a situation you shouldn't be really where you're alone with kids. Where coaches sometimes spend the night with them when they take them to tournaments and you know weird stuff like that. Well, you know but I mean? they but they want to be they want to be smart with it. They want to be safe with it yes, because there's any for sure. It's any you know you know all you need to do is say the word the name Jerry Sandusky and then oh yeah 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 right right that's right, right that's the end of the story. So I mean that's really you know and and that's you know. We're doing it because we love the sport. We want to still be involved with the sport, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, we have to put up with everything. And that's, you know, because, because a lot of people ask, well, why do you do it? Mm-hmm. And that's that's always going to be the burning question. But I think from what we see on the mat or on the field or on the court or anything like that, why are the players doing it? What, you know, yeah. what's that motivation? Why are the parents doing that? Do they think screaming at them and everything like that is going to help their their child do better. You know, the answer to that obviously is new. No, no, it's not. I mean, not, not even close. No, I mean, it's, um, it's detrimental. Right. I see it. I see it every match when I every match or every game when I hear that. All you got to do is see the kid's body language, and it's just like they've shut down. Right, they're done. I, I've taken the opposite tact with my with my boys. I, I look at them. I mean, a bunch of times. Through there, anytime there was anything that went on where they were frustrated, and I'm like, hey, man, listen, this is not something, you're not doing this for me. If you don't want to do this, and they've never they've never expressed anything like they don't want to do it, but if you do, if there's ever a time you don't want to do it, don't ever, I don't even want them to think mm-hmm. that this is, you're, you're out there because I want you to be out there. Quit. Stop yeah. doing it. You're going to make my life a whole lot easier if you're not doing this. Right. This is, I'm driving everywhere. Well, kind of a similar thing is if you ever watch... Um, international women's volleyball and you watch like in the olympics um 
the USA women's team is coached by Karch Karai, who yeah, is a yeah, yeah, volleyball yeah. legend. He had hair at one time, right? Yeah, he had the pink hat. Yeah, right. His, his, oh, okay, okay, his right, was right. the pink hat. His partner, Randy Stoklos, he had the, the hair. hair. Okay, right. right. Karch Karai always had the pink hat. Anyway, he's now the team of the, the U.S. national team. Okay. And when you watch their matches and they call a timeout and they huddle around him, listen to him. Because he never says anything negative. Sure. Never. Right. He will never say that. That's and that's part of his personality, but that's that's his coaching style as well. He's trying to accentuate the negative and eliminate the negative. Right. Like accentuate the positive and eliminate right. the negative. Okay, yeah. Got it right. That's and it's 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 startling because I'll watch basketball games. I'll watch college basketball games. Where those coaches are just fussing and sweating and yelling and Drip, carrying drip. on like crazy, and then you hear Karch Karai, and you're like, "That's how you're supposed to do it." Right. And I, I, uh, I um, uh, like I, I don't know if I like it or what it is on on uh, social media. It's called the Reform Sports Parent. Yes. And when I see him, I share him when I when I like him, and I wish that a lot of people like you know click that they like it. And some of the people that click they like it. Sometimes I'm like. You're kind of one of those parents, man. Like you're you're not paying attention to what's being said on this thing. I I talk to my kids about uh, one of my pet peeves is I see so many parents that will watch wrestling practice and then complain to their kid the second the kid got done with a two hour grueling practice. They've got their arm on the kid and they're Bob. Why'd you let that kid get your leg? Why'd you let this? And I'm like, geez, man, he just had a hard two hour workout. You know what you should do? Go take it for some ice cream yeah. and stop talking about that shit. Look, that's that's practice, okay? You can afford to make mistakes in practice because you're learning right. what you're supposed to do in a match. That's, that's what practice is for. My sons and I have conversations. I'm like, listen, if, if the one I was asking, I'm like, and I've asked them, I shouldn't say always, but I asked them when they were littler, I asked them when they were bigger. They've always been pretty good at wrestling. And I just said to my son the other day, I'm like, hey, I've asked you this before, but if, you had, if I had a magic wand... And I could wave it on you and make you the, you know, fifth, fourth, third, second, first best kid in the state at something besides wrestling. Would you do that? Or would you want to be the best football player in the state? And he's like, no. And I go, well, bass, basket, anything else. I go, tennis, golf, whatever you want. And he's like, no, I like what I do. And I'm like, well, then good. Keep doing what you're doing then. Because this is the reason that you should do it. And then the other one that, that I always tell all the kids when I'm coaching them is, listen, you know, whenever someone gets down about something like that, I'm like, you got to, like, take it easy. None of this matters that much. But also understand that someday you're going to be at a job, doing your job. You're going to do something wonderful, and you're going to look around. Nobody's going to cheer. It's not going to happen. You're going to be done being the guy that everyone's watching and happy and clapping. and You're just doing your job and doing your thing. So enjoy this time. Get some fun out of it. Mm-hmm. When my boys started their senior year of high school, I go, you know what I really want you guys to do? And my one son's like, get a bracket board. And I'm like, no, just have a really good time this year. Like, I want to see you guys smiling and having fun, having a good time. Because you know you're going to go to college and wrestle. You don't even need to be that good of a wrestler to go to college and wrestle. Just bring your fucking shoes and your headgear. You can wrestle at college. You might not start. Don't even worry about the bracket. No. Don't even don't even worry about that. Don't even think about it. Just, you know, follow the old cliche of taking it one match at a time. Right, right, right. And right. that's and that's you know a lot of parents. It's I always look at the expectations. You know, I had um, I did a travel game for a travel team that's sponsored by a church down in Bloomington, North, 
big, huge church. They've got like seven baseball teams and six softball teams and all this stuff, and they play on their own field and everything. Their U10 team, big stocky kid. Okay, he's bigger than the other kids. Yeah. And because he was bigger, his dad basically taught him to do an uppercut swing. You know how, you know. Yeah, trying to hit home runs. Ma- Major League Baseball is now talking about launch angle. Yeah, right. Okay. This kid was all about launch angle. I did four of their games. Do you know how many times that kid hit a ball out of the infield? Once. Yeah, right, right, right. And that one time he hit he hit it out of the infield, it was a ground ball up the middle for a base hit. Every other time he either got over it and grounded it to the third baseman or got under it and popped right. it up to the pitcher. So the, that's the, it. You got a parent that's given advice, which is a, a lot of the time that is counterproductive to the kid's success <sighs> in the sport. And that is that is you don't know how many times so uh, I'm busting around in a wheelchair. I'm at practice. I'm coaching the kids. And uh, I'll get parents that are very dismissive because they look at me like, whatever, whatever. And then someone goes, oh, yeah, but, you know, both of his sons have wrestled since they were in kindergarten. They've won, you know, like my boys are, uh, I think, top five in the school's history mm-hmm. and wins at the school and everything else. So once people figure out that, oh, those are my kids, I was successful in keeping them in wrestling from kindergarten all the way through senior year in high school. They're state, multiple-time state qualifiers. They, they placed a bunch of times uh, in the IK and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden the parents are like, oh, listening. And I'm like, you know, and I started, started I want to talk to them because when you, you have a 6 or an 8-year-old, the parent is almost more important to talk to than the kid is. The kid's not going to remember this conversation. My sons don't remember who they wrestled when they were 6. They don't have any clue. So try and talk to the parent. They, I have heard them express to me some of the worst ideas I've ever heard in my life. They're like, "Do you think I should like slap them a bunch of times and get them all mad?" And I'm like, "No, like that, that's insane. Like this is not this is not the WWE meathead. Like they're not gonna run out there with a fucking two by four or hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like this they're is not, not gonna do that. No, they're not going to. I mean, right. it's it's the expectations. It's trying to temper those expectations." Of the parents. Sure. Because the kids, when they do this, they're like, they're just concentrating. A lot of the kids, to be very honest, especially younger, are concentrated on, I don't want to screw up. Sure, sure. I mean, that's really what it is. But the kid is concentrating on, I want to have a good game. I want to get a hit. I want to make plays in the field. Or, you know, I want to, you know, spike the ball on the floor. I want to set the ball correctly. That's what the kid is worried about. The parent is worried about something completely and utterly different. They're just... Oh, yeah. Well, and then sometimes parents don't have time to... All this stuff is it's an accumulation of time that it takes to work really hard, uh, fail sometimes mm-hmm. to learn from failure, and then have time to reflect on the failure. There's parents that are so busy doing whatever they're doing in their lives, but then they want to get there and like make this kid the greatest wrestler that ever was in a week. I'm like, it's well, just not going to happen. And, and just like you said, they have they need to fail because so many parents, they don't want their kids to fail. They want to make their kids allergic to failing. Where they, right. I had that like, conversation with my kids and I said, listen, I don't ever want you to be comfortable with losing. I want you to have a competitive nature to you. But I also want you to understand that every single time you lose, it's a chance to learn something from that loss. You need to be able to Without emotion, look at it and go, yeah, maybe I should have, you know, stood a little better, done a little, you know. You want them to have a healthy respect for losing. Sure. They want you want them you want them to know, hey, 
there's going to be times where I'm not going to be able to play well. But I have to take that and use that for the next game so that that does that I have a less chance of that happening sure. again. Right. right, right. Because that's, you know, you see all those Tony Robbins quotes about, you know, failure and all that other stuff. It's like, well, yeah, why don't you just take that and say, yeah, stuff's going to happen. Right. You know, because that's what, you know, and I hate to sound like the, one of the get off my lawn people, but it's like, what did our parents teach us? You're going to fail. You know, because I remember my father saying that. Yeah. After a soccer game, he's like, look, you didn't have the greatest game. You did this, you know, this is what, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay? Do your best to not let that happen again. Right. Well, baseball's the best, like, example for that, right? Three quarters of the time, even if you're a pretty good batter, you're going to fail. Like, yeah. That's what three, happens. If, if you, you're a 250 batter, you fail three quarters of the time. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're still a 250 batter. I mean, there's guys in the pros that are not batting 250. And they're still making millions of dollars. Right, right, right. right. So, I mean, you can fail that many times. Now, when you stop striving to be better, tweak things all the time and stuff like that, then that's a problem. You know, I wish wish that you could, you know, magically just take the the parent situation out of it because, especially a sport like wrestling, I feel like every kid, I, I think that, I think everybody over 40 should do yoga. And I think that there's a huge advantage to getting yourself in a position you're uncomfortable with, to doing things that, you know, just just, yeah. just just doing things that you're not in your normal day. But I also think that everybody should do wrestling is a terrific one. A wrestling, wrestling is such a weird sport that when you, if you get into it with somebody and they get the better of you, you feel like vulnerable and like, oh my God, like he get, like totally put me on my back and everything else. So you should experience that. There was a line in Fight Club that says, how much can you really know about yourself if you've never been in a fight? Right. So, you know, you're going to get to know something about yourself. Uh, There's kids that are on the autism spectrum that I've coached. There's kids that stepped on the mat and were naturals. They stepped on the mat. And, you know, one of the guys that that I coached the first couple years that he wrestled, he is one. There's a thing in youth wrestling where you go to – Tulsa twice, and you go to Reno mm-hmm. one time, and it's the Triple Crown. Right. He's won it five times. He's, he's Triple Crown five times. Right, wow. right. He's amazing. He stepped on the mat. The kid was a natural. There was just something in his blood that this was the thing. And when you were coaching him, you could look at him, and the lights were on. Like, he was getting what you were saying. Or something that he was just maybe mentally more mature. Other kids were, like, looking at the lights. They were doing whatever like this. Waving to their Yeah, mouth. yeah, right, right. I'm here. Got my cool socks on. Like, you know, but this kid was, yeah. like, just sucking it all in, and, and he took it and he used it, and that's great. I don't think that there's any more of a reason that that kid should wrestle than the kid that's completely lazadaisical and everything else. Doing a sport like that's going to make you – the better version of you. Mm-hmm. It's also going to make you be able to walk around. I had my daughter do a summer of jujitsu just because I'm like, you know what, kid? Someday you're going to go to college. I don't want some guy to grab you, self- rape you, and stick you on a fucking wall. Self self right. right. So I'm going to give you a little bit of like you can know what it's like to grab a hold of somebody, know what it's like to roll your wrist out of something, get get the fuck away sort of right. a situation. So I just feel like, um, and it, you know, like some people 
wrestling's got such a stigma. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> between the singlet yeah. and then the dieting and the and, and and nowadays it's getting so much better that like my sons don't cut that much weight. Like it's not a it's it, they're they're lean, no doubt, when they're wrestling. Mm-hmm. But it's not like uh, the days when we were in high school. My buddy Brian, man, this guy was running around with the plastic suit on every freaking week. They yeah. were pulling him out of class so he could put the suit on and go lose. And there and there are and there are wrestling moms that have that on their shirts talking about that I'm a weight cutting wrestling mom. And I'm just like, yeah, no, oh, that is right. that is just. Nobody, uh, nobody, nobody, nobody should cut. No, and, and what, no. So and that's the other thing too. Like I got to distinct between. Cutting weight is anything under over ten pounds. Right. So if you're taking off ten pounds, you're cutting weight. If you if you got two pounds to make the weight class, that's not cutting weight. First off, mm-hmm. that just may be eating healthy or doing whatever you're doing. Secondly, nobody under eleven or twelve years old should be attempting any of that. You should just wrestle because like wrestle, I, there's wrestle so whatever many, weight that you're in. Right. There's so many parents that give a shit that their kid is an eight year old national champion. First off, there's a national tournament every weekend somewhere. That doesn't mean your kid's a national champion. Secondly, nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. There is no college coach that's going to go, you know, you really had a hard time in high school. We're going to give you the scholarship because when you were nine, you kicked ass, kid. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I think, like I said, it's expectations. It really is. And, And that's, you know, I see the expectations a lot more now in parents than in coaches. Do I still have problems with coaches? Absolutely. But parents' expectations is becoming more and more of an issue, again, because of the specialization. They're, the parents believe, okay, I'm spending all this money for you to go to this camp and go to this oh, I see that specialized sure. place and yep. this baseball where you're hitting 500 baseballs a night or yep. whatever. All of all of that is just I expect setting, results. I expect something tangible from this, right. and and I and I actually heard someone say that, and I'm sitting here going, "You've got something tangible already, your child." Yeah, if they're blowing that because they're going to have a relationship with that kid that's not going to be right that for the rest of their life. Just, just going to be. I want my kids to succeed in the sport because they want to succeed in the sport, but. But what's paramount to me is that when my sons are 30, they don't go, that fucking dick. Like, you know, that guy was a dick the entire time. Like, that that's not what I want. You know, I, I mean, uh, I'm not a religious guy, but I believe that you can, like, in a, in a philosophy sense, that I can obtain immortality if I do the very best job I can. And after I'm long gone, my grandkids are telling their grandkids, about that guy who did the best he could. That's your legacy. Right, I'm what still your, alive then. What is your legacy going to be? I mean, is your legacy going to be, you're going to be that asshole parent that's going to scream, yell, holler, and throw things? Right. Is that your legacy? Or is your legacy that cranky coach, that 35-year coach, but he got ejected five times a season? Sure. Is that your legacy? I mean, what, you know, how do you want that to play out? You know, I didn't have a role model for that, just thinking about that too. Like my dad, my dad was way too busy working. He was not able to be at you know like if if especially like high school football and stuff like that. There was no chance he was making it to most of that stuff. But and I mean you know I don't blame the guy. He was doing what he was doing to make a living or whatever like that. And it wasn't an important thing. I really did it because my friends were there. Mm-hmm. And this is what we were doing. But um, so I, I didn't have like a like a ludicrous nutty parent that was running around the sidelines like losing his shit. That I that was my example. Um, 
Now, yeah, so it's like, I don't know where I, I think I just read the stuff off USA Wrestling and I paid attention to other parents mm-hmm. and maybe I had a couple of real bad examples that I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Right. I mean, because I was, I saw that with, in a whole lot of places. You know, because I, you know, I did, I did all the different sports. I did the soccer thing. I did the mm-hmm. volleyball thing. I because, and I saw these parents. And I saw these fans that were just completely over the top. And and if you don't think the players pay attention to that when they're playing, if they're sitting on the bench or they're standing on second base or they're on the court or anything like that, if you don't think they hear that and they internalize that. You're nuts, right? Right. Because no, they, I, you know, I, yeah, they with the smaller, do. like the because you're out out in like the uh, Bloomington area and stuff like that, doing you know the, the fishing that you're doing. Yeah. When we go to when we go to the state tournament, they've got it set up where they've got uh, um, well, they do sessions at first, but then they split it up where the first two mats are one A, mm-hmm. the second two mats are two A, and then the third two the third set of mats are three A, and the crowd kind of tries to like like separate they know right so they're like all the 1a guys are not this and the matches that are going on for one and 2a the crowd is far bigger mm-hmm. far louder um they're dressed all in the same every you know you can look up there and be like oh there's the washington people they've all got orange on like they're, they're all there sporting and it's amazing to mm-hmm. me that like lincoln way the lincoln way stuff it's been poor as far as the amount of people there but if I go to Sandberg, there's a lot more for some reason. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. So it's like it's like uh, town to town. But definitely, all four years that I was at the state series or state the uh, finals for wrestling, the one A and two A people far more exuberant than the than the than the three A people. Yeah. I don't know if it's a we've got other things to worry about. Our taxes are three times as much as these people. I don't know what it is. But I think they're I not think, involved. I think I know what it is because. It happens with other sports, not just wrestling. If you have a school that they are really good at one thing, okay, that town invests everything. Yeah, in that. In that, you know, Morton is multiple sports. Okay, their girls' basketball is they're going to Redbird Arena. They're playing Providence in the semifinal. Okay. Okay. And so my girlfriend and I Friday night went out to dinner in Morton. I found this great gastro pub there, really good, really good place. And as we drive by right in downtown Morton, there's a banner right there, huge banner that says, good luck, Lady Potters, beat Providence Catholic. Yeah, so that's okay. Same thing, like if you go into Wilmington, there's the banners all over the bridges. Everything's up for the football team. If you pull up to any store, there's mm-hmm. a thing in the window. I don't have to raise the money with it or what, but you can go into like New Lenox and not see Jack Squad. You won't see anything in New Lenox or Frankfurt or, or anything like that. Right. But you go to Geneva and Batavia, and they've got stuff up there yeah. in their downtown all the time. Down where I am, there's you know Washington always has their stuff. Yep. Metamora always has you know Metamora has that as well, where they in, invest a lot in there. Right. But also the smaller towns, the you know the smaller towns, they are completely and utterly all in. Um, the town Lewistown. Just was in the 1A girls basketball finals. They lost to Lanark. 
how many how many classes are in the basketball for girls? Four. Four. Okay. Yeah, it's four. It's four. So they were, bat, our football's huge. Like eight. Yeah, there's eight. Yeah. There's eight in football. There's four in basketball. Um, but they were one A. But Lewistown is down. You remember where Dixon Mountains is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Lewistown is right outside of where Dixon okay. Mountains is. Okay, so we there's an apple orchard. We go out there, so we go yeah. through Lewistown. My girlfriend and I go through Lewistown a fair amount of times. That town, because their girls basketball did, they were completely all in. Everything yeah. in downtown Lewiston was right. in there. It was in that that light blue and maroon, and it was just all about that. That's really what it is. Is that the smaller the town, the more that success means to them. Yeah, well, so we had a wrestler that was at Lincoln Way West, and the mom and dad showed up. They were not very good sports parents. Um, like, the mother would do the two-handed, you suck sort of deal at yeah. times. And I'm like, this is way too much body gestures from yeah. you. And the father at one point said to the wrestler, um, that sucked. I won't be back for any of this. He didn't come back for the rest of the year. The kid qualified for state, and then the dad showed up at state to watch that. And I was like, wow. like That's pathetic. I'm it, sorry. That's it's just- so not a reflection on me. I don't care about any of that. Like My my sons were not raised the way I was raised. Um, I have friends that like I used to go out and get in bar fights with and stuff like that, and they hear that my boys are doing good wrestling. They're like, oh, are they just like you? Are they mean? And I'm like, no. No, no, these are nice guys. They're, they're, first, first of all, you're not mean. Second no, of all, right, right. they're not mean. So the you know, well, there were times where I was mean. Well, <laughs> I, had, I had my moments. Weren't we all? I mean, right, right, right. right. Let's sure. be honest with ourselves here. I mean, that's that's really what it is. And and again, you you're right. Wrestling has the stigma, and it's unfair. And the the bad apples really, you know. The stories that we hear, you know, the kid that had the dreadlocks where they... the, the oh, cut his hair? They, yeah. they had to cut that. Woo. Yeah, my my girlfriend's daughter was like, oh, hell no. I mean, she was like, if that would have been me, I would have been like, you're not cutting my hair, I'm forfeiting. I'm not going right. to I'm not gonna do that. And, I'm, and, I, and as an official, I was like, what is this guy thinking? Oh, besides the, like, let's talk about the racial part of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. This was, a, this was an African-American kid, Holy and cow. they cut... All his hair off. Yeah, they did. Like, it was horrible to see. The optics were terrible. I coach kids that are Muslim. I coach kids that are black. I coach kids that are uh, Korean, Filipino. I do not care. Mm -hmm. Mexican, white, I do not care. In fact... Like and when it comes to the gender stuff, like I am thrilled that there's more girls in wrestling. I think it's it's I think it's terrific. I think it's almost better for them, uh, um, like you know, confidence wise and everything than it is for a boy to have and, that. And it's better for a boy. I mean, you heard about the the girl in North Carolina that won the state. I did. I state. actually had something negative to say about that. Not not that it was like somebody posted it and it wasn't negative, but I was like, okay. It's great that she won state. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a cheerleader for girls in wrestling. I really am. But there's no chance that girls coming to Illinois and doing that, if you rank the states out, like Illinois is always in the top five in wrestling yeah. in the state, in oh, the yeah. country. North, North Carolina, Carolina doesn't break the top 40. It doesn't. Like, it's bad. No. Uh, and then my sons watched the championship match. Mm-hmm. She, like, at one point walked behind the guy. Like, it was like, oh, wow, that's really bad wrestling going on there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's... And but it's great for the sport. So, it's it's right. great for the sport. Don't get me wrong. And there are other. I mean, there are girls that um, that 
my girlfriend's daughter wrestled with she went up to Fargo and did yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the whole yeah. the whole Fargo thing that they're you know she was coached by one of the Olympians yeah and so there's there's that whole thing so it's oh, we follow the Olympics I mean I yeah, Adeline yeah. Gray and uh, Helen Margaret like the it's awesome they're yeah. there and I'll tell you what wrestling for me like I don't really want to watch women's basketball not because it's women's basketball but it's because all, all this is to me is a league of people that can't jump as high, run as fast. It's just not the same thing. Wrestling, if you're technically mm-hmm. as technical, and there's no reason why a woman can't be as technical as a man. And when a woman's wrestling a woman, it's a completely fair situation. Yes. Now, if you take that world-class woman wrestler and you put her in with a very good college wrestling man, he will demolish her. Right. It's just chemistry. I just got chemistry, right. upper body strength. Right. I have a problem with basketball. I mean, this is just a personal opinion of mine. The importance of the three-point shot is, has really hurt basketball in my world because I showed up at a middle school a little bit early for a volleyball match. Okay. And so the basketball team was – the fifth-grade basketball team was practicing. Okay, so this is nine- and ten-year-olds. Okay. All they were doing was chucking up threes. That's, there was nothing, nobody drove to the basket, nobody had a baseline, nobody. They all stood near the three-point line, and then there was these kids that were chucking up these threes and going, money, and then there was clanking <laughs> off the front of the rim. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I'm like... Right, they weren't getting them, but... Right. They weren't getting them, but it was just... It's like, look, I know you want to be like Steph Curry and, and all these other guys making yeah. threes in the NBA. You're 9 and 10 years old. Kind of temper your yeah. Work on the fundamentals. <laughs> work on the fundamentals first, and you know, again, I'm sounding like a get off my lawn kind sure, of guy. Sure. But you gotta walk before you run, and right. these kids are not even crawling yet, and right? They, and right. they're trying to right. emulate. That's the problem that I have with basketball, and it's across the levels. Because when I did the 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 league for the park district, that's all those kids did too. Yeah, right. All they right. all they wanted to do was shoot threes. I'm just like. There's more to basketball than shooting. It, it just sure. I would think that I'm not a big basketball fan, but I would think you would get people that feel the opposite. That they're they're mad that and might be a little racial thing in this too. That nobody that everybody's traveling and just driving like all that shooting those layups instead of being a pistol Pete. Well, shooting from the outside, white guy. But here's the thing, though, is that the other part of it is. Another part of the basketball is that people pay attention to and that they put on on YouTube and Snapchat and, and social media is when it, when they drive to the lane they posterize a guy when they put a guy on a oh, poster yeah, right, right, right. and they, they dunk, dunk right, they right. dunk right over him and put him on a sure. poster that's the other part of it right that's the right. other thing I mean and a lot of that is kind of street basketball from New York and Philly and and Boston and and you know East Coast. East Coast basketball is a lot more of driving to the basket, dunking, and, and things like that. You know, and Chicago has a lot of that too. Whereas a lot of the newer ones, the West Coast, yeah, it is. It's driving and then kicking to the three. It, it's you know, driving dish and all that other you stuff. Know, some of the youth basketball stuff is is to me, I, what makes it less exciting for me is the fact that whenever you get that seven foot tall kid. Like, if you ever see the games from when LeBron James was a kid or uh, 
who was the uh, who's the Chicago kid that played for the Heat and everything else? Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. Yeah. So when you would see his games from when he was in you know in the Chicago league playing basketball, yeah. it was just the Dwayne Wade show. It was pretty much just get that guy the ball. He's going to score 90 points or 60 points in this game, and everyone else is just going to be the supporting cast in this situation. Right. He was obviously head and shoulders above everybody, literally head and shoulders above everyone, and talent-wise, so right. much better. Here's the thing, though. The seven-footers, and this is what I've noticed, is that a lot of times those seven-footers, because they're that tall – when they're trying to do their footwork and they're trying to do oh, things yeah, around the lane, sure they look like a giraffe on ice. Now, do you deal with uh, uh, wrestling's a sport that, another crazy parent situation, uh, and some people that don't have kids in sports won't know this, but they'll sandbag them. They'll hold them back. Yes. So uh, basketball is another one that they do it too because they want mm-hmm. that kid to be seven foot tall and still be in high school. So they'll like we have guys that are ineligible to wrestle eighth grade because they're 16 or 15 years old and they're in eighth grade Mm -hmm. because their parents have taken a kid that gets perfectly good grades and said you're going to do fifth grade twice and then you're going to do seventh grade twice because i want you to be a 20 year old senior in high school and it's it's um it's silly it's It's completely silly counterproductive you know what it it, it works i won't lie about that there's so many kids that i see that i'm like oh yeah look he's a a freshman and he just placed at state yeah but he's 16 year old freshman so that doesn't really count and second i mean it doesn't it counts that he placed and he's gonna go to college all other stuff what what makes me laugh is when it fails like oh. when the when the lady holds back the guy and he has to do sixth grade twice he's a straight A student and then he's at some like rinky dink little college because it didn't pan out and, I'm and like, wow. when it and when it fails it fails spectacularly yes, it's right. not just a fail it is an abject I mean and and the long term effects of that are just not worth right, it at right, all right. but you know these parents are so short-term thinking and so right right you know right. monetarily thinking of things yep, that they're, they're gonna just, get that kid that d1 scholarship and that's they're gonna, gonna get gonna that happen. d1 scholarship and then a year they're gonna get drafted by the nba and then they're gonna get all that guaranteed money and i, I kind of get it though like if you've got a kid that's 285 pound senior in high school he's gonna make some waves if he's even got the remotely a tiny bit of talent there was a there was a guy that i don't even think he was even a high school football player by the time this happened, he was a very good wrestler. His senior year, he was so two eighty five is the top weight. Mm-hmm. He couldn't make two eighty five anymore. He's walking around at like three forty or something oh, like that. Goodness. Just a monstrous yeah. person, and he got a D one scholarship to go play football. Yeah. And the coaches just looked at him and said, "Well, you're a very good wrestler. I'm positive that I could take you and make you into a lineman." Like, yeah. I'm just positive. I could it's do just it. a project. I mean, right. he's a project at that point. He, but they gave him money to come to school. And they're like, we're, we're sure we can do this with you. And then he did. So, like, that's great. He's just going to be a road grader at that point yeah. because you put him on the offensive line. And if it's a run play, you do this. If it's a pass play, you do this. Right. That's all. You don't even have to. You don't sure. even have to know. But with the his God given gifts, he could probably make it to the NFL. Yeah. He just probably- because he's so just that guy. So, that, so that's one of the romantic things I like about wrestling is it's a sport for everybody. If you're if you're four foot eight. And 125 pounds, you could be a wrestler because of the different weight classes. Right, right. right. There's no, there's also no diameters for the court, like sort of thing, right? Right. I mean, there's the mat size, but there's no. I don't got to jump to be a 10 foot Mm -hmm. rim. None of that stuff's going to go on. Um, 
But okay, so where I was going with the the racial thing is we live in an area here where we have Markham and the mm-hmm. uh, Harvey Twisters and stuff like that, and I don't see racism in everything. But when you're on the other side of the coin, I think sometimes you do. Yeah. Um, and being a white official, I don't know if you ever have to deal with that as far as they're positive that you're doing this because you're a white. Yeah, guy. I've. I've had a couple of times where I have been accused of that, and I'll tell you what—that absolutely sucks. I oh, mean, it does! It's, it's, it does! It's like you because, gotta be kidding me! Like this is not what I'm yeah, doing. No, because it was—it was something where it was—it was a baseball game, and it was there's a charter academy in Peoria, and it's—it's it's only but it's been around less than ten years, and their athletics have been around like three. Okay, so two years ago, I did a baseball game with them at El Paso Gridley, where the score after the second inning was twenty-one to one. No, oh, wow! La- this past season, they went to DMAC, one of the better teams in the area, and they actually didn't. DMAC actually didn't even get to ten runs until the actual fifth inning, when the run rule kicked in. Okay, and so they're getting better, but the problem was that. When I was calling balls and strikes, you know, two-thirds of their team is African-American. And those kids were thinking that because the white home plate umpire was calling these strikes, that it wasn't that it wasn't fair, but it was because... Yeah, of the color thing. Right? Be, of the color thing. Their coach is white. Now, I'm not so saying it doesn't happen. There's probably oh, a couple bad apples out there. It happens. Right, that, that, that there's a problem like that. But... To blanket statement every with it, and, and like we get it as coaches sometimes. I'm like, oh come on, like I'm totally, I'm driving 35 minutes to to go to practice every single time, once or twice a week. I'm doing this for free. It's my gas money, my time. I'm doing it because I want to help your kid out, and I absolutely am not paying attention to a kid because of the color of their skin, or not paying attention because of the color of their skin, and. To get accused of it is like it just it it kills me. It's almost like a it's a counterproductive thing. If if your objective is to like stamp out racism by calling me out on what you think is racism, okay, you're not doing anything because all you're doing is making me feel like every black person doesn't like me because I'm a white guy. That's furthering the racism thing. Also, you're not helping your kid. You're making excuses for why he's not performing well, and you're making it because of the color of my skin. Like I. I, this is not what's going on. That's not. That's he not needs what's to get better at this, and then this is how he's going to get better at it. So some of that bothers me. And then when I see people that you know post stuff, and you know my my boy got cheated and stuff like that, I'm like you know what he didn't get cheated. Like that that's not what happened. Like you know. Uh, so we we deal with some of that stuff. I, I don't like it. I don't want to see it. I, I wish that they could figure a way out of it. And I also don't like to see. Um, I liked that our youth club. Um, we had almost no African-American kids for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then oh, we'd always have like one or two, and that's it, out of like 125. But now we've got a, a dozen or a couple dozen African-American kids, and it's terrific. It's diverse. It's great. I think it's great for the kids, to whether they're black or white, to mm-hmm. play a sport with the other kids because then you can start to make friends. You can see there's no difference. We, you know, Like all this other stuff going on. Um so yeah, so I mean that that's always a you know edgy situation as far yeah. as that and I, goes. And I think the bigger the bigger issue down where I am is Muslim. 
I think that's a bigger issue because right. you don't. I mean, they're in Peoria. Yeah, there's an African American segment, but there's also a whole lot of people that come from India, and there's a whole lot of people coming from other parts of the kind of parts of the world because they're caterpillar. Yeah, pulls from everywhere. Well, we deal with uh, up by a stag. It's a very uh, Muslim. There's a lot, a lot, yes. lot of mosques yep. and stuff like that. And we coached. We one time we merged with another another club that was from that area. Mm-hmm. So we got a bunch of Muslims that we had kids there and wrestling in the Middle East. It's kind of a national pastime. Yes, Iran is the team that's right there with us all the time in the Olympics. Iran is the size of Wisconsin. And they're right there with us, like, you know, in in the Olympics. Um, I find these people to be the most American people that I've dealt with. Absolutely. They're wearing Chicago Bears, Cubs, Sox, um, Adidas. They they have come here because they bought in 100% into what we're doing here. And they have their kids in soccer, wrestling, football. They're playing everything all the time. They want them to do everything. So... I don't have any discrimination at all for that at all. Right. I think it's the parents that don't intermingle. I I, I, I see it mm-hmm. from teams that don't have a Muslim kid on the team, and the other teams like that Muslim kid or something. I'm yeah. like, hey, and, you know, you know, and and that was my experience also because I played cricket with guys that. Oh, that um, would be an India thing for up, sure, right? Well, up in Lyle. They've got. I mean, up in, there, there are cricket pitches all around, like Lyle, Glen Ellen, um, Chicago, and Washington Park. That's the big one. Midwest Cricket Conference is basically a whole bunch of guys that almost made their national team. Okay, but they didn't. They sure, were. Sure, they sure, just sure. weren't quite, quite good enough. Then they came over here. So then they have their own. I mean, they're really, 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 really good. Yeah. And, but I played with, you know, some other guys. That were there, and there are guys that play cricket in Peoria and Bloomington Normal and, and, and stuff like that. And, I, you know, it was funny because the, the, the church that has those travel teams, they put a cricket pitch on part of their, on part of their property okay. for the guys. And I saw them, I saw them doing it. And I'm like, oh, and I just kind of sat there and watched it. And then my partner, this older white guy, Came and and, look, and and he's like, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I used to play and stuff like that. He's like, I just don't get it. And he walked away. That's the mentality. Down there, it's a lot tougher if you get outside of a metro area like Peoria or Bloomington Normal or Springfield or something right. like that. It's a lot tougher because there's not a whole lot of other colors. Diversity, only, right. Yeah, right, there's right. not a whole lot of diversity happening in those areas, so you're sure. going to see a lot more of that. And that's... You struggle with that. I mean, that's When it just, comes to kids, I, I, I don't know. They're, I get it. If you're bombarded constantly with the Fox News crowd and all this other stuff, I, I get it. I get that you're totally been told this one side of a story. <sighs> Almost. <laughs> um, and, you know, you've got some bias towards the situation but when you look out in the field and you see this kid he's a kid like that's a kid i don't understand why they can't figure out that if i react in the way that i've my knee-jerk reaction is because i watched fox news all afternoon i'm gonna make this kid feel like he's not wanted in this i'm not i'm not gonna make this situation any better i may 
promote this kid to be radicalized at some point because of my attitude towards this kid. Right. I mean, and that's and they have a very simplistic attitude too. It is just they just want to drive them off. That's yeah, right, just right, right. Or just go away. That's this, just right, this yeah, our thing. And, and you know. My area down there is a very Fox News oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. area. No, I work I with guys and they say, well, I was watching Fox News the other day and I roll my eyes because that's not how I roll. It's, right, it's, right. But it's like, uh, listen, everyone's going to have their thing and do yeah. your thing. Like, um, I love to get Trump supporters on the podcast because I want to figure out, like, what are you thinking? Like, how right. is this working out? Well, it, because I'm not watching as much Fox News as they are, obviously. Um, and they sometimes it's it's worthless. Like there's Facebook threads that the guy is just saying things that are like like the people that believe that Barack Obama was a Muslim and he's born so like like just stop like none of that like there, if there's no proof for it and it like like just stop okay because like if it if it reinforces their beliefs they're gonna believe that right, rather than the right. actual truth itself and and a lot of times that and that happens in sports too where if they think someone's cheating or if some team is bad or or this guy's this way, or, or whatever. If if they want to believe that, they're going to believe that no matter what. Yeah, what absolutely. What is going on in front of their face? That's right. just that's part of that is human nature, and another part of that is well, just I being mean, willing to. Right, the team thing is the tribe thing too, right? Yeah, I see people that in the youth sports they were all on one team, and then because they their youth club overlaps into different high schools. They've split into high schools. Now they don't like those other parents. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, really? You guys were great friends when... You were great friends until that happened. And it's right. like... You got a different colored shirt on now and like everything's well, changed. Well, right. Be, and that's the, that's the whole thing is that they are being told if they've got a different color shirt on, they're the enemy. And it's like... Yeah, no. it's uh, right, Okay, right. you've... That's radicalization right there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now, now we're two guys that are talking and we're yeah. heavily involved in... The youth sports things. I mean, you're spending a lot of time that you're with your day on youth sports and stuff. And I was spending some time with mine, and I was spending time with my with my sons with that stuff. Mm-hmm. And we're still not looking at it like it's the most important thing in the whole wide world. Now, I I, I see people that see, like they they if the Cubs lose a baseball game, their day is ruined for the rest of the day. I'm like, oh my god, you let that ruin your day. <laughs> like, how are how is it? And I mean, I'm a Sox fan, so I can make fun of the Cubs fans. Anyways, how is it that that could ruin your day? They lose all the time. Right. They spent 108 <laughs> years losing, and you're letting it ruin your day still. Well, like, stop doing that. And in my area, it's Cubs Cardinals oh, yeah, all right. the time because and Peoria, terrible rivalry. Peoria, right. Peoria Chiefs is a Cardinals. Farm club. It okay. used to be Cubs back in the day when we were growing up. It was a Cubs farm team, right, right. and now it's single A for the Cardinals. And they use Peoria when they have to rehab a guy, a guy from the from the major league team. They send him to Peoria, and so I mean, it, it it's just it's just hysterical how the whole. Cubs Cardinals things happen. The and the other thing is, I other, get that rivalry. I get that because you're in the same division, yeah. and one of you is going to playoffs, and probably the other one's not. Sort of a thing on, on a regular basis. So eh, you hate each other. I get it. The White Sox Cubs one, you're in two different fucking leagues. <laughs> Just because your your stadiums are in the same proximity to each other doesn't matter. I love to razz my my Cubs fans friends, but I'll tell you what, baseball to me. Is the most, and I mean, I that's oh, there, there's a sport like I was saying, like I, I can watch uh, women's wrestling 
I can watch women's college baseball and enjoy it. Yeah. There are some terrific athletes. I mean, running full speed over the shoulder catches and stuff like that. Like, I'm like, holy cow, that's pretty damn good. Here's the, here's the other thing, too, with women's college softball. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing because the mound, is, it's not a mound. It's the circle. They literally call it the circle because there's no mound. It's closer. Mm-hmm. And people think, okay, the ball's bigger and it's fluorescent yellow. You should be able to hit it. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, right. There have right. been countless. Um, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the softball pitcher that went on the MLB network and Mark DeRosa faced her. Couldn't touch her. Wow. There have been so many different examples. You wonder why they soft- don't somehow translate that into a well, major because, pitcher. Because he, because here's the thing if you. If you and you've watched a game where they've had the the speed on there, if it's a sixty-five mile an hour pitch, that translates to ninety-nine miles an hour with a baseball. Wow. Okay. So if they're going sixty, sixty-five, which most of these really good pitchers are, and I watch a lot of women's college softball because I love watching them play. Yeah. Because those are those are athletes right then and there, and these guys can't touch, especially when they throw them a change. They throw them a change, or they. Th- Throw them a screwball. They couldn't hit that with a telephone pole. Right, right There's on. no way because yeah. it's it's a different. They're because the motion is different. It's here oh, yeah, yeah, versus yeah, the arm angle. here. Sure, sure, they're sure. doing windmill, you know, and you know they they're able to time it up by the second one. Then they she throws the change, and he's swinging two minutes before the ball gets sure, there. I sure, mean, it's sure. like that's, now with what you're doing. Do you have any aspirations of? Moving up into the college, like I, I would venture to guess that, as if you were a professional baseball uh, umpire, they gotta make a decent buck. They do. I mean, but you've got to spend a lot of time. Um, you sp- you have to spend a lot of time in the lower leagues. You really do, and the lower league ones don't make a whole lot of money. That's yeah, yeah, right. That, that's the problem, and a, and a lot of it is. Look, I'm 49 years old. I know I'm not going to make it to the majors. That's not what I'm trying to do. Sure, sure. Um, if I if I do college games, that's okay. I'm not. That's not really what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to move up in the junior high and high school because I think that's where I'm going to have the the best effect. That's what that's what gives me the most joy. I'm going to Marie Kondo this. What gives me the most joy? Yeah. And for me, the most joy is to go to. A junior high or a high school game and do the game and watch them play and watch how how good they are and how they're progressing and and how they're getting better and and just have a front row seat to that yeah well that's I, the fun that's right. the fun for me i've never been well since i was a kid i mean i did the officiate i didn't like it i officiated for two summers and i really didn't i was a, a kid and I had parents that were upset with me and mm-hmm. stuff like this. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm 12. Like, like you know, the guy's paying me in candy bars. Like, this is there's, not, you know. There's no reason. First of all, for for Little League, they should be at least 16. I they, think things have changed now or they're older. Oh, yeah. Right. But there was that example last year where they had a 60-year-old kid do an, an adult softball league game. Which that was completely and utterly stupid. Right, right, that right. That you can't have a sixteen year old in charge of full grown adults. No. That's it not bull you around. Whoever whoever made that decision can't make that decision anymore. As a as a coach that sits, you know, because you know, wrestling you're sitting on the two corners. 
if a if a referee reverses himself because of the badgering of another coach, I think the referee's wishy washy pussy guy. Yes. You know, but you know, if he changes it because of what I said, it's not. That's right. a different but, story. But uh, so, I'm, from the coaching angle of of with mine, I immensely enjoy teaching a kid how to do a move and explaining to the. I always coach an objective, so I'm teaching the kid how to do this move, and I'm telling him while he's doing it why he's doing it like this because you're trying to bait him into this or that like and then you're gonna go here like like i like to see the light bulb go on i enjoy that i would say that i don't enjoy mat side coaching during tournaments as much as i do in the room where i'm teaching because for me it's a teaching job it's just a job where i'm here teaching you and the reward i get to reap is come three four years now and i run across these guys at a high school tournament they're like, hey, coach, what's going on? And I talk to them, see how their year's going, all that kind of stuff. And I'm glad that they stuck with the sport. I tell them all, I'm terrific, great that you're here, still doing it. Some guys leave the sport and come back to the sport. That's all good. But some coaches, the, usually the head coaches, they're really more, the, the, the daily grind of practice is not what they want to do. They just want to, they're, they're there for the wins. Yeah. They're there because it's their club. They want to win the titles. That you know, they're, they're stroking results. on eagle. They're they're results driven, and right. so you're more of a long term thinker when it comes to that. You want to see how they progress as time goes on, mm. versus the head coaches. I've got to get this win. I've got to get this win. And I've they do. They win. do. I'm not I'm not knocking them at all because right. honestly, if your club does well, like it's a snowball effect. Um, we have the uh, Catholic schools with the wrestling mm-hmm. and. There's this debate, like, you know, Izzy Martinez, or I don't really think his last name is Martinez, I'm not sure, but the guy that's the head coach at Montini, mm-hmm. he he did the wrestling coaching for Holly Holmes, who beat Ronda Rousey, right? right? Like, he's a renowned wrestling coach. He owns Izzy-style wrestling in the city. But there's a debate whether, is he really that great of a coach, or does he just start with the best raw talent? Because... He recruits when he's at Montini, and like their entire team qualified for state. Mm-hmm. We qualified two guys out of fourteen weights at Lincoln Way West, and I mean the head coach at Lincoln Way West is no slouch. The guy is a two-time All-American at Illinois. He plays second and or third and fifth or something like that in the NCAA's D1. He knows the sport of wrestling. He's putting the boys through the motions of doing this. But it's what what do you start with, right? Like you know, it's, it's the same argument that I hear a lot of people ask about college basketball recruiting. Mike Shashevsky at Duke, yeah, and Williams at North Carolina, and you know Calipari at Kentucky, and all these things. Is that how good can would these coaches be if they had a different? Colleges. If Calipari had to coach at Illinois, yeah, if you just switched them up one year, or 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 if or if Shashevsky had to go to Wake Forest or something like that, how good of a coach would they actually be? It's the same principle. You start with that really good talent. Yeah, you're going to be a really good coach, right? But right. it's it's the really good coach that can turn a project a, a program around and start from ground zero, right? And bring them to that 
bring them to that point. Sure. Then to me, they're a better coach right. because they're doing more with less. Sure, sure, sure. I, I see it the same in life, right? If the guy starts out and he inherits $400 million from his father mm-hmm. and he ends up with $800 million, I'm not that impressed. No. The guy that inherited $0 and ended up with a million dollars, guess what? You did way better. Yeah. Like You got nothing and then you made it into that. This guy got all that and made it in a little bit more than that. Like that's not that difficult to do. So, you know, it's kind of a where you're starting from sort of thing. We have the the clubs are the same. So the the youth club thing. If you're out there winning stuff, parents will drive for like the just take him to Washington, right? Mm-hmm. I gotta get the kid in there because that's where he's gonna do the best. So same thing with youth club. If you bring your team to state and they win three state championships next year. There's going to be people that are like, oh, we're here because, you know, you won They're going to be knocking on your door. Besides the wrestlers that are in your room, we want to add more wrestlers. And then the next year you show up and you win five. Now, are you a better coach? No. No. You just got better talent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mean, that's the whole point. It's crazy. Is is winning begets begets winning. That's always going to be the case no matter what. It's just a matter of how you start that winning. Right. That's right. what that's where it really makes the difference. And it's and sometimes it's that you have all the talent and you just you Now I'm a baseball and, fan and you know, we don't call the the coach, the head coach there a coach, we call him manager. Right. Because he's managing the game. Now there are times where my manager, I'm not that thrilled. Like I'm like, no, dude, don't bunt. Like that's not <laughs> like the, the the sacrifice bunt, stuff like those things drive me nuts. If the the things that that, that drive me nuts are the the, the the coach that don't pay attention to math. So if you're a coach that is, um, they're saying like if you play the numbers, every coach should play a football coach should go for it on fourth down every single time. Yes, because the odds are that you're going to get score more with that mentality. There's or, a high school coach that that's what he's doing and he's winning championships. And he's winning championships, right? Yeah. Or if it's you know. You score a touchdown, always go for two because the percentages are so much better. Right. Yeah, I saw that article because ESPN had the article about always going for it on fourth right. down because they. they but old schoolers coach. would be like, "The hell with that! That's the dumbest thing ever." And I'm like, "Listen, <laughs> your gut and then math. Math is correct. Your gut, the gut is shit. Like that's not a thing. Like don't. Um, it's the same with you know. Should I play this guy? Where should I put him in my lineup and everything else? Some of that stuff drives me nuts. If you're not, like, uh, there's two movies that came out, and one of them is crap, and the other one is, it's it's like what every, the Moneyball, Billy Bean story, yeah. mm-hmm. every coach that wants to be the very best should pay attention to what this guy was saying. He's saying, you need to get on base. This is how he scores when you're on base. So you have to make contact with the ball. We're going to go back to the days of when, oh, excuse me. Right, it was it was contact, it was getting on base, it was moving well, like runners. Ty Cobb is hitting you yeah. know, 400. They're going to score more runs because he's hitting the ball like that. Um, if you get a bunch of home run hitters, like the kid with the upper uppercut swing, yeah. you're going to get shit going on. So like those are the things you need to do, not, not the other things. You're going to play the game by the numbers. Uh so yeah, that that stuff just drives me absolutely up the wall. Like, well, not old I mean, school. Or the the other movie that I was talking about was Trouble with the Curve, the yes. Clint Eastwood one. Garbage. It was crap. a garbage movie. It's You're right. Crap. She ends up finding the greatest pitcher of all fucking time in the parking lot of a hotel because their mother's cleaning. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> 
Like that saves the whole goddamn movie no. because she hears the baseball hitting the mitt in the parking lot. Get the just get the fuck out. Yeah. Of here. It's <laughs> that's, not a thing. That's not how it works. No. Because analytics is looking at everything and looking how different situations. Right. You know, there was an article ESPN had about why people don't steal home more because the percentages favor them actually stealing sure. home more. Sure. sure. And the, and and so the analytics and, and there's a lot of sports that do analytics now. Hockey is absolutely goofy for analytics where they have all of these things of you know about five on five percentage and home plate save percentage for goalies and all of these different things. So it's five yeah, it's, yeah. I'm just uh, yeah. Go ahead. So it's that's what you're talking about because old school it was by gut, right? It, or it was also by the unwritten rules, right? Which Unwritten rules. When somebody says an unwritten rule, drives me insane. Sure, 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 because sure. Un- there's a reason why unwritten rules are unwritten, because not everybody follows them. Right. Because a lot of them don't make a whole lot of no, sense. No, no, there's some old school bullshit. Yeah. Paul Bunyan nonsense. Yes. You were taught when you were a kid. The, uh, that's the other cliche that I absolutely like. I love you sports, but my job with my sons is to make them into men. And that when I say make them into men, I mean have respect for women, do the things that are right, live by a code, be a man. If something's fucking hard and you may not come out better because you did it the hard way, I don't give a shit. A man does it the fucking right way. He lives by a fucking code. A sport does not make you a man. All right. If you have a parent that's guiding you through something, you could have a kid that doesn't wrestle and a kid that does wrestle, and he could be the biggest douchebag kid in the world, a kid that wrestles, and the kid that doesn't isn't because he was brought up to live by a code that's be- not this Right, weird. exactly. Because the sport doesn't make you a man. Doesn't no, make no, no. you no and learning how to win at all costs does not make you a man. Doesn't. It's how you play that sport. Right. Right, right. And it's that parent, old cliche that makes all the sense in the world, but nowadays parents don't want to hear that shit. No, they don't. No, no. It's, no, I mean, it. that's yeah. what it is. It's it's your character when you're playing. It's it's not only how you win, but how you lose right, right. that makes the difference. And I see, you know, I see all of that. You know, I had Morton Junior High for volleyball, and they won. They didn't do a whole lot of celebrating and everything. And every single girl, whether they played or not, came up to the two of us officials and said thank you. Sure. Every single one. That's the only school wow. that will do that. Right, right. That says thank you to the officials. Sure. Because they are taught to do that from when they're eight years old. Right, right. Until they graduate from Morton High School. Yeah, we had other clubs where, so the Lincoln Way Club, at the end of practice, the kids don't shake the coach's hand. They just kind of like go on their way and do put their shoes on, whatever. Right. But we have summer, and some guys from the Bulldogs came, and we were coaching together for a summer program. And the one coach is like, oh, no, it's a requirement that at the end of practice, every kid comes up to the coach and shakes their hand. And I was like, that's kind of all right. We never implemented it into the Lincoln right. Club, but that's mm-hmm. just how they rolled over there. But, you know, we're, we're two hours in, and we should uh, – Probably wrap it up, but come back sometime if you're you know if you're in the area. This is a good conversation. I felt um, there's plenty. I mean, we could sit here and talk this stuff. We could talk all day on this days. stuff. But I think yes. there's other right. there's other branches that we could go on that. Sure, so that's, sure, sure. we could definitely we could definitely do that. And I and I don't even need a reason to be very honest. We'll just talk. Good, that's good, all good. there is to us. Uh, 
uh, every podcast I, I you know pander for subscribers <laughs> hope you go to the uh, if you watch this on YouTube it's super simple you're just going to click the red subscribe button there is no strings attached they don't send you anything you're just one of my subscribers at that point you can find the podcast on uh, iTunes by all means um, everybody that's ever been on my podcast I would have them on again so if there's something that you felt that we didn't cover with a guy that officiates a whole mess of different sports um let me know, and then I'll head back on, and we'll make sure we cover that that topic. I'll come so. back on, and we'll talk about uh, if you've got questions. I'll come back on, and I'll answer them. Right. Sounds good. That's easy. Sounds good. All Thanks, right. man. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you.